This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 93, recorded on the 19th of October, 2016. On today's show, the conversations you have with yourself. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored by GoCamp Pro. GoCamp Pro is a year-round online camp conference for the true summer camp mavericks, the camp pros who can't stand it when people say, that's not how we do things around here. GoCamp Pro is a community of year-round summer camp staffers who empower each other to make the big changes that camp needs so that our campers and staff will go and change the world. To try it free for one week, go to www.gocamp.pro. And this week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. We want to thank those patrons who have been supporting the show from the beginning and without fail. David G, Andy L, Marie W, Teresa ML, Lisa Summer Fun, Ange A, Jack and Laura, and Mark P. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you could show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com. Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I am a co-founder of Go Camp Pro and uh, founder of the Summer Camp Professionals group on Facebook. Welcome to Camp Hacker. Hi, uh, my name is Dan Weir. I'm the Director of Camping Services at Frost Valley YMCA. I just finished up my 20th summer here. Uh, Frost Valley is a camp, uh, year-round camp conference education facility, so we are, always have guests, and uh, we served over 40,000 people this past year. And my name is Gabrielle Rail. I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Oro. Camp Oro is an all-girls camp situated in the Laurentian Mountains, and we focus on positive girl community. And my name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, located in Fingal, Ontario, uh, about halfway between Detroit and Toronto. And welcome, everybody. The team's all here. Uh, it's great to have the three of you back on. Um, we had a great show last week, but uh, looking forward to many more conversations with three of my favorite people in camping. So today we are going to um, get on to a get on to an issue straight away. Um, we've been discussing things we want to talk about this season. And so actually not straight away, because what I want to say is uh, we base these things on, on our own experiences as camp directors, on questions we see come up in the Summer Camp Professionals group on Facebook. Um, all these things are based on the life of a camp director. So if you have issues that you want us to talk about, please let us know. So you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Camp Hacker, or you can email me, uh, Travis at Camp Hacker. .tv. Um, it has to end in .tv for this to go through. So please do let us know as we, we really base this on the life of a camp director. So our conversation today is called The Conversations That You Have With Yourself. And uh, really wanted to think about the, the mental game of, of being a camp director. There is a, a strong physical game, obviously, with we, longer and longer seasons and um, more and more responsibilities and more and more different organizations that we have to answer to. But um, a lot of that requires 
you to have a, a good mental game and to be ready uh, to do these things. And um, I've had a lot of interesting discussions myself in the past two months about the mental game of, of doing these things. A lot coming out of the alt MBA that I was in this summer that I talked about on the last show. Um, and um, one of the big philosophies of alt MBA is that we have to acknowledge that we have fear. Um, fear is natural. Fear, fear is good. Um, but there are times that we just have to put stuff out there. So in the alt MBA lingo, that's shipping things. Like you need to just get things going. And um, it's a big part of the exercise to understand that sometimes you just have to ship things, even if you don't think that they're ready. It comes back to that expression we've talked about on the show a few times, that perfect is the enemy of good enough. And um, the only way that you can get better with this project is to put it out there and let others see it and comment on it and, and bring in some trusted people. So that's certainly one of the things I've been thinking about, the conversations that I have with my own self in a work at GoCamp Pro and a Camp Hacker. Um, is getting over, um, getting past the fear, through the fear, and um, just putting stuff out there and trying new stuff and, and always be in that mindset of putting things out there and you know, always iterating all the time. And Joe, this was uh, an idea that you brought to the table. Was there something for you that's come up that um, has had you thinking about this topic? Yeah, lots lots of stuff comes up, and, and it's something that I think that I've thought about numerous times as I've gone through my life as a camp director. As you get more experience in camp directing and as you you know, you know go off and you talk to people about what you do and, and you present at places, people start to think that you have it together, right? That you know what you're doing, that your right, confidence is, is an aura that you can surround yourself with when the reality is confidence – oftentimes disappears when you're by yourself, right? You you have a variety of issues and things you're dealing with or things you wish you could do better or, you know, when you tour people around a facility or your site, I, I had a 15, 20 people do a tour yesterday from Christian Camping International and and they they see all of the good, but they don't know all of the challenges. And, and I think that's where when we talk to ourselves, it's it's all of the hidden things that, you know, we're just as I, when I say we are, I'm, ta I'm only talking about me. I'm just as um, I question myself and what I do. You know, am I right, making the right decision? Um, why is this happening to me? <laughs> right. Like what what is going on? So, for example, um, the Canadian Revenue Agency, like the IRS in the States, decided to audit us this summer. And apparently we've been collecting tax incorrectly for like 20 years. Yeah. And uh, and and that's not such a huge problem or challenge, but it is that they're going to ask us to pay some back that we haven't remitted because we're a charity. And that's allowed under the law. But now that we've collected it in error, they want it, right? So that's like a $25,000 penalty that we're going to have to pay. And it just makes me be like, what the, like, why I pay accountants to know this and, yeah. and you know, who's at fault for this? And, um, you know, there's some, there's always granting questions about how granting money works. There's, you know, I, you, you lose a maintenance guy. We lost a maintenance guy this past summer and, um, he's still alive. We just, he was in a bad car accident and, and it forces you to think, okay, well, how, you know, how does this work? Is is everything going to work out? Or um, there are days I wake up and I think to myself, 
what if I just don't want to go to work today? Mm-hmm. Right? Like as mm-hmm. much as I, I had this conversation over Canadian Thanksgiving, I was camping in Michigan with a, a friend and, and Dave said to me, I said, um, I said, we, we got talking about jobs and he does his marketing stuff and, and he's, we were asked the question, we were talking about the fact that do people, you know, why don't you want to talk about work more? And he goes, I just don't, it's work. It's what I do. It's, it's not what I'm, you know, it's not, it's what I do. It's not what I want to talk about. Mm. And, and he said, as a camp director, he says, you are literally in like the point zero 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 one percent of the population who actually might like what they're doing right. and and be interesting <laughs> to other people to hear about what you're doing. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, uh, yeah, most days I like what I'm doing. Huh? It's It's all of these small things. You know, you think to yourself as you're going to bed at night or when I'm driving in a car and I think about what I can do better with staff. And every year I have this great faith that my staff are going to be super awesome and amazing. And then some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and the reality is as a camp director, you have to put on this face that you, when staff are here during the summer, especially young staff, you're encouraging and you're whatnot. But there are times I literally just want to be like, what the, like, why are you doing this? Like, what, what in God's good name possessed you to think that this would be okay to do at a summer camp for children? <laughs> and, but what you say to staff is, oh, you know, you might want to change this. You know, you might want to do this differently. And in all reality, you're like, you might want to find a different place to work. <laughs> and sometimes I've said that to staff, but it's it's those. So partly, partly it's the conversations. Joe, we're going to have to come back to you. Um it's partly the conversations we'll file that away for when joe gets back yeah um dan for you what's what's uh, i don't know where do you sit on the you know the mental attitude the 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 conversations you have with yourself every day yeah so i just like uh as joe was talking just immediately started writing a bunch of different things um uh, you know, I think you could break this into like talking about this in general versus talking about what I do for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, they're two different things. Um, but um, so this uh, this workforce that is the eighteen to thirty four um, labeled as millennial, um, uh, the, the biggest one of the biggest things we talk about this workforce compared to other people um, of older generations is that uh, kind of getting at what Joe was saying is that there's a for a lot a lot of people. There's a career, right? A career is where you make money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your profession. And then there's a calling where you feel uh, passionate and you feel like you're connected to it. So you might be a dentist, and you're, but your calling is working with youth. So you volunteer at, at teaching baseball. Like that's your calling. So they could be two different things. And that this workforce, um, our uh, 18 to 35-year-old workforce, 34-year-old Everyone, um, is that the career and the calling need to be the same. And uh, I find that in particular even more true for people at camp, regardless of age, that the career and the calling need to be together, that they need to feel a value in the work. And by feeling a value in that work, you have a better headspace, for lack of better words. And I've read so many of these, like optimizing your day, work-life balance books, um, and so much of it goes back to mental state and making sure you feel 
uh, you don't feel burnt out and that you feel passionate about what you do. And, um, uh, you know, your motivations change as you get older or as you have paradigm shifts, you know, as you have children or in case you have to take care of a relative or somebody that falls ill or um, you need more money in your bank account or um, you need a greater sense of purpose and, and um, a drive to get out of bed in the morning. Um, your motivations change. So it's just, it's a, it's a really dynamic topic. Um, I, I love what Joe was saying. I think for me, uh, it's funny, like I've kind of, every few years I, I feel like, or every, I don't know, I can't put a time on it. Um, I, I feel like as a person, you always evolve, right? Like mm-hmm. you always uh, I, um, do what is regulating you at that time. So um, for what is regulating me at this moment, um, uh, two things are, one is um, uh, making sure I feel like I have a life balance with home. So making sure that um, when my family says they need me, um, that I'm there for them. So that way it doesn't play on my head later on and reprioritizing my work. Um, so I could be there for them and be present and, um, and being creative with that, but also being honest and saying, okay, I'm going to be away the, this day or I'm going to be away this day and just having that clear communication. Um, you know, it, it like, it definitely eats at me when I, I don't see my kids for nine weeks during the summer. Um, and, uh, making sure I feel that, that connection. So that's, um, having that life balance is a huge thing for me. And then the other is, um, um, uh, some form of taking 20 minutes to myself. Um, and that, uh, it doesn't, sometimes I meditate. Sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes that's making sure I'm working out, but somehow figuring out 20 minutes a day that I could carve out for myself. Um, sometimes, uh, my kid falls asleep, uh, when I, I'm putting her to bed and I just sit in that room for another 20 minutes mm-hmm. and sometimes I listen to music and sometimes I read stuff online, but it's just making sure I get 20 minutes for me, I find really helps me unplug from the minutiae that my job and my life can be sometimes. Um, you know, if you're constantly just um, thinking about things um, and not unplugging from it, I, I, I feel like my efficiency is down. I feel like um, I'm more, I gravitate towards more negativity. Um, so, I, so just 20 minutes, uh, it doesn't actually have to be sitting in silence meditating. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes I just put it on David Bowie, um, yeah. you know, uh, but 20 minutes a day, I, I, those are the two things that are really working well for me. But overall, this ties, um, back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which I, I think we've, we've talked about on this program before. Um, it's, uh, if you're doing any outdoor camping program, uh, outdoor living skills, it's a great hierarchy. Uh, but I really recommend everyone, um, at least going to Wikipedia and looking at the gif of that, the image of that, um, it really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, that's when I, whenever I'm lost, I go back to Maslow and that hierarchy and making sure that I'm taking care of my body, making sure I feel safe, um, uh, uh making sure I have a sense of loving and belonging, uh, making sure that I feel good about myself as a person and then, um, making sure I recognize all these things as well too. Um, that's just essentially the hierarchy, but, uh, but I, I it's a great, great starting point. Uh, for a conversation with yourself. Yeah, right on. So, Gab, what what are what are the conversations that you have with yourself? Um, why do I suck so bad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, like it's it's hard because it's it's such a it's such a broad um, yeah. it's such a broad job, and it's it's kind of you just 
it's almost you need to be able to be great at everything for things to succeed. And so often in my head, I'm like, why, why do I suck at this? I wish I was at this better and I could do that better. Um, and you know, and, and I think that's sort of sometimes the pressure that we put on ourselves. Um, and, uh, and, and I know like, okay, yes, be mature and then sort of, you know, tell yourself, well, look at what I'm good at here and there and those type of things. But I think, I think what happens is that, um, the responsibility is so great and you want to do such a good job that, um, your self-talk is also needs to be extremely regulated and, you know, being kind to yourself is very, uh, very important. So, um, you know, I don't have any, you know, special words of wisdom, um, in, in that department, but what I do know is that, is that what's, what's helped me over the years is being very transparent with my staff as much as mm-hmm. possible. So when I'm stressed out or when I'm anxious or I'm worried about something, I don't necessarily put it on them and saying, Oh guys, I'm, I'm freaking out. And like, you know, run around, uh, you know, the dining room. But, um, I, I do say I'm feeling really overwhelmed about this or, um, and I'm not quite sure why. And I try to try to use that vulnerability as a teaching tool with my staff members and saying, you know, um, you know, let's like, I, I trust you and, um, let's figure this out together. Cause if, I think that's the that's one of the bigger that's one of the biggest problems when you're a leader when you're all by yourself with something um, you can just become a hamster on a wheel mm. where you just keep spinning and spinning and spinning um, you know with things that you're not quite sure how to resolve and the more you can be transparent with your staff um, I think you know the the better it can be and it's it's really the it's that fine cross between confidence and vulnerability that I think is important. Um, but you know, you know, we have those, you know, two voices sometimes in our heads are like, I suck. And the other voice like, no, you don't. You're awesome. And you're like, Oh, what do you know? What do you know? You know? So, um, (laughs) but, um, you know, and yeah, that's, you know, and what Dan's talking about, you know, just being able to find some time to yourself where you can say like, oh, hey, there you are. You know, whatever sparks your, just makes you feel calmer or just, you know, helps ground you um, is so important. And then we had a, had a, a nurse that came back to camp when she was a staff member with me. And, um, and you know, now she's a, she's a nurse and she came back to camp and she said she remembered one year where we were all missing um we were almost out of hot dog buns and it was like, people were freaking out. Oh my God, hot dog buns. How are we going to get the hot dog buns? And, and, uh, and then, and then somebody went to the store and got hot dog buns and then came back. And that was that. Um, and she was saying, you know, at the hospital here, she, you know, she basically sees an open um, chest and the heart beating and that's a big deal. And, and so, you know, looking at what, you know, sort of a little bit of the perspective, which, my theme for this summer was perspective. There was a lot of trying to keep perspective. But, um, yes, that, that internal monologue and trying to regulate it, I think is important. And having that perspective and being transparent with your staff is extremely helpful for me anyways. Right. And, um, I, I would have picked this as a tool of the week, but I haven't actually read it. Um, but, um, Brene Brown's newest book, 
Um, well, her she's three in a series, and the the one that she's most famous for is sort of the middle one, um, which is about vulnerability. And I think what you're talking about, Gab, is a lot of of vulnerability. Yes, I can still lead and be vulnerable to you. In fact, I can lead better by being vulnerable to you. And sometimes that's a hard conversation with yourself um, when you know that people are looking up to you. Um, it's a hard conversation to say people are looking up to me not only to be strong and calm in a crisis and to be thoughtful on a daily basis with people and notice them, but they're looking up to me for examples of like, what, how do you handle being stressed? Um, and, um, uh, I know a camp director who is, um, is a really, is a night owl and he always is up and even breaks his own curfew, um, for all that stuff. And, and then, he's working right until two o'clock in the morning and that person then his staff is up breaking care for you because they're working that hard not because they're goofing around because they're just working 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 and you know eventually you say to that person look you're you're killing your staff because you're killing yourself because they look up to you so much they just see you constantly um working and they're so you have to be able to say to them um okay, I will also stop. I will also take Dan's 20 minutes um, and and lead that that by example. But I think there's so much power in vulnerability. And um, and one thing that I was, where I was going with Brittany Brown, you should be vulnerable because it makes you a better leader. Um, but she also said something in a podcast that I listened to, which I suspect mm-hmm. is in her new book, but as I say, I haven't read it. Um, <clears throat> it's about conversations that she has um, with others, if there's a struggle, a personality problem, um, you know, a trouble with their team, um, what they've worked out, and I think this is such a great social script, um, is when I'm frustrated with somebody, this is her model, so she says when she's frustrated with somebody um, or upset or whatever, she begins that conversation with um, the story I'm telling myself about the situation is. Because often the story that we're, the conversation that we're having with ourselves is, man, they're so inconsiderate. They just don't care. What a lazy person. You know, all these things. And by opening up that door and saying, here's the story I'm making up in my head. Um, can you help me, you know, figure out what's actually going on? And that has um, given a lot of power in relationships. And I think it's just an awesome model for both our staff and, and our spouses and, and partners. And um, even with our kids, I think um, it's such a great model of opening up that conversation. You're acknowledging that, yes, you're having conversations in your head, that you're probably making stuff up, that this person is probably not intentionally trying to put you down or trying to make you look bad or you know, frustrate everyone in the meeting, that they, they have some other reason behind that. So you're saying, I'm telling myself this story. Please help me understand what's really going on here. Yeah, and she has a great um, TED talk as mm-hmm. well. If if you want, if people want to check it out, and it, that's something that I work with my leadership team on is assessing the situation, then deploy. Never deploy um, right away. Assess why the person did this. Explore. You, you know, maybe maybe they're late because they're helping a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Always assess, then deploy. And I, it's rare that if people take a moment and breathe and find out the reason why, 
um, that it turns out poorly afterwards. Right, right. Uh, it's usually when you deploy and you assume, but you know, the, it's, it's very, the, the longer you're in this job and, and the longer you're in the job, the older you get. And, um, that creates a distance. It creates a mm-hmm. distance between you and your staff and it creates a distance with your support. And, um, and you do become a little bit more confident and you, you do have a lot more, uh, experience, but, um, that can become very lonely and isolating and overwhelming. And you have, and I feel that you need to keep bringing it back to your team, no matter what the age gap is, um, and the skill level and say, because, because we are constantly, I think, faced with self self doubt. Mm -hmm. And that's an, that's an important meter to listen to. Sometimes it has to do with your own, um, you know, self-confidence or, you know, vulnerabilities. Sometimes it's a, it's, it's, you, you should be questioning. So, um, you know, being open to, to expressing that, um, in a way that doesn't yeah. necessarily burden other people's is, is useful for everyone. Right. All right. Yeah. Thanks for that, Gab. Um, Joe, Gab's talk about conversations sort of brings us back to where you were saying something about conversations when we lost you. Was there, um, a thought you wanted to finish or some other stuff that's come up for you? I think that what has come up as I listen is that our, the way part of life is that we're all figuring it out as we go. Mm-hmm. And no matter how long you're in a job for, um, you're still figuring stuff out and moving forward and growing. And, and if you're not, then that's when you should be concerned. If you're not growing or not continually challenging yourself there's many times um, where my, I guess your self-talk is really what those conversations you have with yourself um, are also just a, a personality thing. And one of, and sometimes you don't realize you say things enough and then a group, you know, people mention to you, oh, well, you always say that. <laughs> and so, um, so for example, I apparently use the phrase, it's all good. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yes. And <laughs> I use it because, because in my mind, no matter how difficult things are, there's al- it's always going to be better. It's it's going to work out, right? There's nothing that – so I, I don't have a maintenance guy. My summer camp director went back to teacher's college. Mm-hmm. I have to pay $25,000 the, <laughs> to the Canadian Revenue Agency. I might lose a grant. And you know what? It's all good. Life goes on, mm-hmm. right? It just, it happens. It's, it's not, um, I spent some time last October, I was in Brazil with a, a friend who I hadn't spent that much time with in, in a number of years. And, and he said, he said, Joe, your nickname should be truth sayer. You just say what, what needs to be said. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. And I think that if those are the perceptions people have of you, you need to remember that that's, if those are positive perceptions mm. in your mind, that, mm. that that's also what you need to say to yourself, right? The, when before every summer, about a day or two days before summer camp starts and, and you're doing staff training or whatnot, I, I always look at the staff and I say, there's no stopping it now. Right. Right. We can't yeah. cancel camp, right? There's kids on their way. There are people who, there are kids who have been thinking about this day for the past 360 days mm-hmm. right they've been waiting for a year to come back for these five days of camp we're going to offer them and it's like i'm hosting a big conference in a couple of days 
and there's nothing I can do to stop it. Whether camp is ready, whether it's perfect, you know, it, it moves to that, as you said, Travis, from your Alta MBA stuff, it, it's, is it good enough, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Good enough versus perfect. Just, I'm amazed, um, everything's never going to be perfect, and if you wait for that, you're just going to be waiting forever. Yeah. So, did I do my best to make sure camp was ready for this? Yes. Okay, great. Let's get let's get ready and and let's go. Optimism is one of those things, and and you can tell it. Optimism is an internal trait as well. Um, and and as Dan was saying, finding time for yourself. So there's there's lots of people who used to think that I just did stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. like I watch a lot of television. Right. I <laughs> play video games. I. Uh, you know, uh, right now I found a new game on my, f- I'm, I'm playing a game called prune on my phone, which is cutting trees, right? <laughs> it's, 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 it's brilliant. And it's just these small things, um, that you do. And if I did spend, and, and part of the always connected world is that we always feel like we should be doing something. Mm-hmm. And Travis, you live you live and work online and mm-hmm. and the challenge is yes, I could always be doing something. I could come home from work at you know at five o'clock and I could be on the computer by six writing ten blog posts a night. If I had the desire or if I had the need to, right? It, it's 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 the challenge when we check Facebook and we see other people's lives and we compare ourselves to that or my kids on Instagram and and they're comparing themselves to other people's photos. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just go and do stuff and, and not worry about let's create the memory as opposed to reliving that all the time. So yeah. I think that your own personal what you Expose out to people, and the reality is, you know, uh, I'm not sure when I changed into this person. I remember in high school being a very much more stressed person mm. with anger issues, right? Quick to boil over, and I'm I'm not sure if that was to do with with family, right? Who you lived with at the time, but now when I'm driving, and I live in the middle of of nowhere. When even when I drive into Toronto, I, I I'm just like I am in no huge rush, right? Mm. If I'm, mm. I've allowed plenty of time. I'm not I'm not stressed about this. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go, you know. And 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 um, I think that starts to rub off at camp. It rubs off on your leadership team for sure. It rubs off on your staff if they see you just calmly handle things. Then uh, then it it rubs off on them, and and that's. It can also teach them because a ton of our staff are taking medications for things like anxiety and for right. mental health issues. And and there are times I think I have mental health issues, mm-hmm. and I self medicate with TV and and video games and <laughs> buying a clear see through lock so I can practice lock picking. Right, yeah, yeah. just small things. Right. Awesome. Well, <laughs> Jill's going to become, you know, in three podcasts from now, he's going <laughs> to, we're going to hear about Joe breaking into <laughs> someplace. Um, we heard it first here. <laughs> uh, right on. 
if if I break in some place, it's probably going to be the medicine cabinet at camp when you lose the key. <laughs> oh, that's annoying. Yes. Yes. You take the hinges off. Come on. You don't know. No. That's why you use the the padlock trick, Joe. You guys, do you guys remember the padlock trick? Outtrippers kept taking the 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 outtripping room keys with them on trip. And we had to keep, like, it was like one, it had a padlock on it with a key, and we just kept cutting them off and cutting them off and cutting them off. And finally, a friend um, said, well, get a padlock. And then you you come up with your own formula. Um, f- so I don't know if they've changed the formula yet, so I'll make it, I'll make it up. But anyway, <laughs> you take the padlock and a, a scribe, like on a Dremel, and you scribe the, um, the combination on the bottom, but in code. So if you... Um, so basically, you would add seven to the middle number. So when you see the code mm-hmm. there, you, you, the combo there, everybody can get to it anyway. So all of the padlocks have your own code on them, but the combination is scribed right onto them. So you just know you have to add seven or take away ten or you know whatever it is, minus ten from the third number or whatever. Um, that solves that problem. So I'm glad we can solve real problems here. Jim. Yeah, and. Well, and I think also, Travis, to that, I've toured a lot of camps in North Carolina last uh, yeah. last spring, and Master now makes a, a four-coded padlock that you can change the code uh, with yeah. a little key. Right. So literally, I'll walk up to I'll walk up to the program shed, and in the middle of a week, I'll change the code <laughs> so nobody else knows it. And then the program director has to come and find me and say, "What's the new code?" And I right. said, oh, "Okay, well, this yeah. is the new code." And she asked, she would ask for it to be changed so that numerous people wouldn't. Yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. too many people know it. Can right, you change right. it? Yeah, um, and that's why I can't get into anything. <laughs> and I asked my seventeen-year-olds, "I'm like, how guys? How do you get in here? How's this work?" <laughs> Dan, I think you got something on your mind. Um, oh, uh, there was just a few things Joe was saying. Uh, um, you know, when we talk about online, um, uh, there was a Portlandia episode where. Um, they they go on a date um, and they just take pictures and they have a miserable time but they take all these great pictures and they talk yeah, about how man. you crop out the sadness <laughs> and um, and it, it, yeah I mean I think that's something where um, uh, camp professionals uh, um, they're moving you know like I think uh, if you are doing this as a career part part of the reason you're able to do it is because you can balance many plates at one time mm-hmm. and um, I think it's important to remember that this that your operation will survive without you uh, in the short term but it will not without the long term and you need to do whatever you have to do to preserve yourself for the long term um, but it's it's funny you know like I think a lot of the discussions we've been having uh, go back to that opening chat that you said about fear um, you know I think the things that I have with the conversations I have with myself a lot of the times um, when thinking about work are, are fear related. Um, yep. It's, you know, how would I deal with this? How would I deal with that? Or um, how will this play out? Um, I think, you know, there's a great book called the fifth discipline where they talk about how you want to build a mental model for uh, mm-hmm. what you could expect. Mm-hmm. And by building a mental model, um, you can, uh, you could basically predict or how you'd handle the situation. So that situation might not ever play out like the mental model you built, but at least you feel like you've walked down it a little bit before. I find myself doing that a lot with, with, uh, with issues and concerns that I have. And sometimes I worry about nothing, uh, that are turn things that turn out to be nothing. And sometimes I worry about things that are, uh, that are down the pipe, but, I, um, but I find building a mental model 
on staying solution based is often how I combat fear and right. not for me. And, and uh, you know, I try to always pivot into, okay, well, if that's an issue, how would we, how would we tackle that? Um, and sometimes it takes months to get to that, but it's just chipping away at it and not making it such a giant issue. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's, I find a lot of the conversations I have with myself go back to how regulated I am. The more relaxed I feel, um, the more um, at home I feel with what I'm doing, or um, or just uh, like my to do list can be a mile long. Mm-hmm. But if I know what order I'm going to go in, it's okay. Like and so like it, it's I, I find that for me a lot of times the conversations I have with myself. I also try not to um, let the my to do list become my biggest crippling uh, fear um, yeah. as well too. Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting. You know, it's it's something where I think um, part of the reason the camp industry people uh, love getting together mm. because we often have the same thoughts and same fears about our programs. Yeah. And then, um, I, I just said when I talked to my wife, um, you know, she's a school teacher now. She hasn't been in camping for quite some time, and she just thinks I'm crazy. She's, she's like, why do you ever think about that? When I talk to somebody that uh, runs a similar operation or um, just works with children in general in the same mm-hmm. setting, mm-hmm. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, I think about that all the time. Um, I think it's important to have those peers um, when you do when you do when you are struggling or need a bigger picture of things to to contact those people. Yeah. Um, Cap, did you have? I know you're writing some stuff down. Did you have some stuff you're thinking? Yeah, I, my my dad was really big into um, myself and my brothers gaining a trade when we were growing up. So yeah. a lot of parents want your kids to go to school. He wanted us to go to school too, but a trade was really important to him. He didn't care if it was carpentry, plumbing, being an electrician, um, graphic design falls underneath that. So he's okay with that. So yeah. that's good. Um, but I think the the lesson that I that I got from it was. Um, don't, don't ever feel stuck. Hmm. And, um, he wanted us to have a trade. So we had a backup plan. Hmm. Um, if you ever wanted to get out what, in what you were doing, you could always fall back on this or you could make extra money this way. And, um, I think what he was saying is feeling stuck is the quickest way to being unhappy. Um, and, and I've said this many times, but I think it's, we have to ask ourselves, is this what I want to keep doing? And what, what makes me happy and, and what's, what's crippling for me? And, um, mm-hmm. what control do I have? Uh, what control do I have in, in certain situations? And there's some, a lot of situations where we think we don't have any control. We have to do this. We have to do that. The reality is, can I, can I be a little bit creative with how I answer my emails? If I get so many emails a day, um, you know, we just, uh, one of our, you know, amazing staff members is, has gone back to school. And so, and, and just replacing her didn't make sense. So could we break up her job so that I wasn't taking up? And one of, you know, one of my, you know, young, uh, 20 year old staff members is now taking over our, our Instagram, um, and social media stuff. And, and, uh, and Emily's, uh, supervising her saying, yeah, yep, that's great. That's great. So just looking at those things that are dragging you down and say, can I, can I change that? And I think, I think after the summer is a great time or after your big, um, big time of, of working your stressful time after that, taking some time off, but also looking at what happens year after year that you're like, I, this really, really, really depresses me. Can you change it? Or is this something that's normal? And are you okay with that? You know? So, but the, 
but not feeling stuck, I think is, is really important saying I chose this and I'm proud that I choose this. Yeah. Yeah. So two, two things that come up for me out of this conversation, Joe mentioned this at the very beginning, um, the idea of imposter syndrome that, um, you're doing stuff and not feeling confident in it or not feeling like you should be the one who's leading or the one who's up front and doing all that. And I will tell you from talking to brilliant speakers and, um, you know, people involved in amazing social enterprises who are, you know, called upon to, to be thinkers and pundits and speakers and all of those things that that happens to every single person. Every single person has to find their own way to deal with that feeling of, um, I, I'm really not in control. I, I, I don't, I'm not the right one for this. I'm not good enough for this. And we've talked to several, you know, different ways of our own coping mechanisms, but sometimes it's just important to know that you're not alone in that, 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 that happens to the person. Everybody has to find their way to deal with that thing. Um, and you know, sometimes it is that, uh, Seth Godin thing of just putting stuff out there and just sucking it up and, and doing the hard thing. And, um, so, so you're not alone. That happens to all of us. So that conversation that happens in your head that says, you know, I'm not the right one for this. I'm not good enough. I'll never figure this out really is going all the way around. And one of, one of the things that, um, that you get better at as, as you practice it is just, tamping that down and working through the, 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 some of those things too. The other thing that comes up for me and why, I'm, why I was excited for this conversation um, today is that I think something that happens, um, statistically it has to happen to an, a, a great number of us, um, and I've even had some camp directors talking to me about their staff struggle with this, uh, is that in the fall, um, it is hard to make a transition back to the different schedule out of um, the kind of responsibility, um, the kind of community, etc. And that can lead to real depression. And that's something that, that I've had to directly deal with. I, um, I've often, especially when I was counseling and on senior staff and doing it really seasonally, um, I had a lot of problems with depression when I would come home to the point that I was in counseling a number of years because the falls were so hard for me to make this change from um, you know, being a respected leader that lots of kids looked up to and, and had lots of my friends around me and were engaged in this amazing project together, um, to going back to just being a student and, you know, out of school with 40,000 people and just disappearing into that. And I had some real struggles with that. And, um, so, so I think that's another thing that you're not alone. If that conversation is, um, I just hate my life outside of camp, then, um, then that's common too. And there's lots of ways around that. I think there's one of the benefits of such a connected community um, is that it's easier to find people who are in the same situation. So maybe easier to find other camp people who've gone through the same thing or who, um, you know, are going through it and, and just can sort of be there with each other um, as you make that adjustment. So I think that's a tough conversation that happens sometimes in our own heads too is, um, is, two days ago, I was very important. And today I'm not important at all. And um, even as a camp director, um, as the seasons change, you might feel some of that stuff each time the season changes. You know, I was getting really good at being um, a, an outdoor ed programmer and now I have to switch into a new role. Or I was getting really good at being a hiring manager and now I have to change modes into being a staff training director. You know, all of those things, it's hard. Yeah. 
um, to do that. But I think that it's important that we acknowledge that we all go through those and struggle with those things. And those conversations can be, um, in your own head, can be hard. But we all go, do go through them. So I want to wrap this up uh, in, in just one minute. But um, I, I'll give each of you a couple minutes to, to wrap up if you have any final thoughts. Gab, is there any other things that you'd like to say to folks when you're thinking about the conversations in your head? I think it's a, I think it's a great topic and it is important to reach out. And obviously if you're listening to this podcast, that's, that's one of the steps that you're doing. There's so many people that do want to share and, um, that just, that just can just help, uh, with insight, um, into yourself and into others in your community. Um, but, but there's, we all struggle that, and it doesn't yeah. matter how much experience you have, um, but definitely reaching out is, is, a, is a great one. Awesome. Right on. And Joe, how about you? I think that we just need to, I think knowing that this is the same thing that everybody goes through, um, I think that's, that's valuable. I think that the things we say to ourselves as a camp director, how frustrated we get with some people and, and how, how we question our abilities. I think that's all natural. And I think that's part of being more resilient and, and, you know, growing grit in within ourselves so that we can become better people. So knowing that it happens to everyone is, is a huge part of accepting that it happens to you. Yeah. Dan. Um, uh, since Travis labeled me the sports person uh, on the <laughs> podcast before we started, um, uh, I'll, talk, I'll talk about sports analogy. So this is from uh, Lewis Howes who wrote the, the book, the school of greatness and has a podcast on school of greatness. And, He's very big. He was an athlete, and then he more went into leadership. But um, he did uh, a little segment on his podcast about how we can't operate at a full steam all the time. And it's okay to have periods of time where you're ramping up, and then you are in uh, – he labeled it as your playoffs where you're in high function right. mode. And then, and then to come down and to have that decompress and to take that time to celebrate, take that time to know that uh, – that, uh, review what your performance but also just to to not get upset with yourself when you're not always in the playoffs and not always moving that high speed and i think that's a great analogy for camp you know i think the fall um i every fall uh obviously become introspective uh but um but try to make myself some tangible goals just to keep myself chugging along and then uh by the time i hit january it's the auto pilot of like recruit 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 build capacity and, and go and then um and then summer is just a, you know we all know what summer is for yeah. our capacity so yeah. um but it was really interesting listening to that it, it really because it, uh, yeah you feel that letdown in the fall and you don't feel like all of a sudden the next day everyone's gone and you enjoy it for like three or four days and then you're like oh it's kind of quiet here and yeah. i tell i tell my camp staff the it's weird to get camp sick when you live at camp yeah. full time you know um, it is. but it's it, it's a good thing we can't operate this momentum all the time for a long period of time we just can't um and the people that say they can they they often burn out in the career and mm -hmm. don't make it past the three to four year mark i watch um I watch every conference cycle. So every, I've been going to try to say, I think, I don't know, 15 years now. And, and you watch like every three to four years, a, a group of people cycle out and another group of people cycle in. And, um, and it's, it's okay. Part of it's the rhythm of it. Um, but, uh, but it's natural, um, and to embrace it a little bit more. So, yeah. 
Well, I, I certainly want to say thank you to the three of you for being so open and sharing. You're always open and sharing, but this is a particularly, could be a particularly hard topic. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that openness um, here. And again, it, um, you know, if people are struggling with this kind of stuff, please do reach out. And um, you know, we've been through it and we can either point you to some good resources or, um, or help out in some small way. Um, so, w with that topic wrapped up, then I think we should move on to our Tool of the Week. Tool of the Week. So, this time of the podcast is always the time where we share something that helps us be a better camp director. Uh, it can be big or small. Uh, it doesn't really matter. There's some interesting themes in our tools for today. Um, I'm going to start with Dan, please. Dan, what's your yeah. pick? What's your tool? Um, so my, uh, again, why I was labeled the sports person of the podcast is a, a book called uh, Wooden, and it's by um, Coach John Wooden. And so um, uh, uh, the short history on him, uh, he was the coach for UCLA basketball and has the most amount of um, championship rings and wins with um, with NCAA basketball. And um, he, when he retired from basketball, he became a huge advocate on leadership. Um, he has a TED Talk on, uh, um, that's phenomenal. Um, but uh, this book is basically my go-to for, um, for, for this topic. So like, if I need to meditate or pick myself up, um, uh, often I'll read one of his passages. And uh, um, they're very short. They're, uh, I'll read one in just a second. But um, it's something that uh, is, is also a great go-to for meeting. So I, I really think... When you're having staff meetings, you need to add value to them. Mm -hmm. um, you need to remind people why you're there, not just be task focused. Um, so I, I actually have written down next to like when I've used this, so I don't like right. repeat it constantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but um, whatever the tone is prior to going to the meeting, I look for a passage related to it, and um, yeah, it's great, and it's also just good for for myself, in that sense. But um, uh, this one is um, uh, this is titled "Give It Away to Get It Back." There's a wonderful, almost mystical law of nature that say three of these things we all want most. Happiness, freedom, and peace of mind. They're always attained when we give them to others. And, um, yeah, it's just it's a beautiful written book. Um, highly recommend it. Um, it's, it. You get find it used online. Uh, it's, my copy is beat up. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a good book to kind of keep you going along during this season. Right on. Thanks, Dan. It's awesome. Welcome. And Gab? My uh, my tool of the week is an app called Time, spelt like the herb, um, T-Y-M-E. And it basically helps you track uh, the projects that you're doing in a fairly simple way. And when I say fairly, I mean very simple. Um, yeah. And it also gives you graphs with, with uh, um, the, where your work is going. And if you're anything like me, I you know, noon happens or, you know, three o'clock. I'm like, what did I do today? I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where my time goes. And so this way you can, it, you can really keep track. And then if you do other jobs on the side, um, like a lot of us do, um, you can track those hours with your clients and you can put a, a price tag to it. But I put price tags to different tasks that I do for our organization. Mm -hmm. And it shows me, Oh, to hire staff, it costs X amount right. about, uh, and so I really, really like that. I love physical representation. And so um, I've, I've, so if you want to do that for your year, you'll see where, where a lot of stuff goes. And then, and then you can say, if you, you know, next year, can we tighten this? Or 
we need to plan, you know, X, Y, and Z amount of time. Yeah. It always takes more time than we think it does. So I like it. And it goes on your desktop. And if you have an Apple watch, it goes there too, which right. I do not because yeah. I would lose it. But um, <laughs> it does for those <laughs> techie people. All right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I love your idea of adding um, value to even your own time. I think that that's one yeah. thing that um, s- that camp directors have very bad perception of is the value of their own time. And yeah. Um, I mean, it comes back to delegating and all of that, but you, you can't make good decisions about that unless you understand, um, unless you understand the value of your time. And if you could track it, like this project costs us this much of my time, um, maybe we could have, it's something we could look at outsourcing or hiring, um, a, a college aid staff person or an intern to do, um, exactly. And, yeah. And exactly. yeah. Well, I, and my parents are, you know, their fun time is, is, uh, piling wood. So that's like, that's family time is cutting wood and piling it. Um, so, uh, you know, they can, they can just keep working. So that's yeah. my role models. And I, I want to, you know, be done at a certain time of, yeah. of the day. And so it really, it really helps with looking at this is how much this costs and this yeah. is how much I should be getting paid and, you know, puts things, helps tighten things up, I think. Yeah. 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 Good pick. Thanks, Gab. Thanks. Joe, what's your pick? My pick is in Canada, we um, have a classified, an online classified system called Kijiji, or in French, it's Kijiji, according to Gab. Um, Kijiji, in the States, yeah. I, Kijiji, yes. And Kijiji. I assume it would be very close to uh, what Craigslist is. Um, but Kijiji is, I'll talk about Kijiji. Um, I use it to find stuff for camp. Because oftentimes, as a, as a year-round facility, there's many things you need, but you don't always have to buy new. And so some of the things recently, um, last spring, we, we changed our dining hall eating and went to more cafeteria-slash-buffet-style than, than family-style. And for that to happen, we really wanted a salad bar to be present. So I bought a, a six-foot salad bar on Kijiji. Great. Got, went and picked it up. The beauty is you don't have to commit to the purchase before you go and see the product. You go mm-hmm. and see the product, and then you you pay cash at that point or a check if if you're lucky enough. Um, earlier this in September, I was looking for stacking chairs. We have some old stacking chairs that have cloth on them, and uh, um, in our, one of our dining halls, we have two dining halls and. And I want to replace them because they're old. The welds are snapping. You can't replace the seat. They're cloth. People cut them. Uh, my my daughter's take was, but they're so comfortable because they're cloth. And I said, you know, in the dining hall, we have the plastic chairs. You know how sticky they get because people s- spill stuff on it? She's like, yes. I said, well, imagine that you're just sitting in that filth on a cloth chair because it just soaks in. And she was like, ooh. And so I was looking for stacking chairs, and, and um, I just typed it in to Kijiji and and you'll find there's four stacking chairs from West Germany available, right? Vintage wooden molded chairs. Okay, but I don't need four chairs. I need like 200 chairs. And um, in the end, I found 228 matching stacking chairs for camp that are slightly used came from a a community center where they were getting new chairs. And I I was like, great. I'll buy 228 chairs at $5 a chair. Mm Mm-hmm. Versus buying them brand new for $55 a chair. And, and so Kijiji, you know, I've done everything from uh, salad bars and chairs to uh, televisions. You can sell phones. I've sold phones on it. I haven't mm-hmm. bought phones on it. Um, 
I earlier today I looked up uh, unicycles. You can uh, you can buy a unicycle right now in uh, London, Ontario, on Kijiji, and and you can open it up to search all across Canada depending on what you're searching for. So some things like a convection oven, a, a commercial convection oven, might be difficult to find in your specific locale, but might not be you know might be available somewhere else in Ontario. And you can set yourself email reminder or email alerts for when yeah. something. Um, gets listed in your area so it's it's a very um, good way to search for things at the correct price for camp yeah so it sounds to me Joe like there's two steps to that one is keeping a running list of things that you might need but that aren't a major priority um, because you know by time or by budget and then just remembering to check for those things or setting alerts to have those things come to you when they arrive when they exist yeah, correct. Sometimes it's something you need right away. Mm-hmm. So in the spring, um, I cut my name tags out. Uh, as you may, people may or may not know, I, I cut every single name tag for our staff. And I use a scroll saw to do that. And I'm working away on it in June. And a part of my scroll saw breaks that I can't, I can't get. And so I went on Kijiji and I bought a, a used scroll saw for 65 bucks. While that part was being ordered, and so now I own two scroll saws, but uh, you know it was sixty-five dollars. I went and picked it up the same day, and and it was, it was, it was great. Right on. I also bought a scroll saw on Kijiji when my scroll saw <laughs> broke. Um, great, good tool, Joe. Thank you so much. Um, mine, mine is a book. It's uh, less directly a tool and more of an inspirational book um it is a the autobiography of richard dr richard Feynman, who's a nobel prize winner um it's called surely you're joking mr Feynman," and um it is i don't know 1100 short stories of his life and he is just a a mischief maker a very curious person who allowed himself to follow his curiosity at awesome places. He worked on the Manhattan Project. Um, you know, he's just amazing things. Um, cool stuff. And so really cool stories. So, uh, you know, it's always good to listen to good stories. Um, but I feel so inspired on finishing this book because he really just followed his curiosity and it led him to some amazing places that ended up with a Nobel Peace Prize. Not Peace Prize, a Nobel Prize in Physics. Um, and all these amazing experiences, like he wasn't just in his lab or, you know, wasn't just theoretical physics doing calculations. He just followed stuff that made him curious. It was sometimes music. It was sometimes poetry. It was sometimes other math things like Mayan math formulas and all sorts of stuff. It's just a really great guy. Uh, I love the audiobook. The reader was really good, but I've heard, you know, good stuff about having his own voice, you know, as you see, as you hear it in your head would be kind of fun to read it as well. So I'll put the links in the show notes to that. It's a a really quick read, easy to read because like Dan's book, it's got lots of short little pieces to it. Um, so that, that reminds me. So all of these tools of the week are going to be on their show notes and you can find our show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast. Uh, that's all available there. And our past tools of the week as well are in all the past episodes. Um, we do hope that you will subscribe to this. If you listen to it through your browser, through the, the Camp Hacker website, we hope you'll um, use a podcast app on your phone and subscribe to us that way when they, they'll 
be downloaded to your phone for free automatically. So when we do things like take a five month sabbatical so everybody can go to camp and work hard, and then we come back all of a sudden, um, you will you'll get the next episodes for free and be notified from us when they're there. So I uh, encourage you to do that. Um, the last thing I would say is that if you heard some great stuff today from from these three guests and stuff that inspired you, um, you know, we hope that you will take a moment and go to iTunes or your Stitcher app or whatever you use to listen to podcasts and leave us a little review. Um, leave us an honest review. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, leave us an honest review. It's really helpful and uh, helps other camp pros find us if if you've done that. So. Um, one thing that I, I meant to say last episode and, and forgot, um, but I'm excited to say that there are a couple of new interesting podcasts in the summer camp world, and they are less from um, the perspective of, of Camp Hacker or Camp Code, you know, for uh, summer camp professionals, but they're really interesting because they're fun stories and um, they're doing really well. They've got lots of episodes out. So they came out this summer. I would encourage you to check out Campfires and Color Wars is one um and the other one is called happy campers and um you want to hear probably a different perspective on camp than your own um other people's good camp stories as we all love sitting around and telling camp stories uh they're both really fun so i would encourage you to check out um campfires of color wars and happy campers um, they're both really good camp-related podcasts that are come out. If anybody else knows of other ones or is putting out, um, you know, the business of camp podcast, um, the same style of the ones that we do, please let us know. We'd love to feature you on here and maybe have you on for an interview. So I, uh, I thank you to those who are watching here on YouTube, or if you're listening in your car while walking the dog or doing the dishes, we're grateful for your ears. Um, I really do want to thank my three co-hosts for their, um, the things that they shared. And uh, if you want to follow up with them and look, give you a chance to find out how to do that. Joe, how do we get in touch with you if we have some follow-up stuff? Well, to get in touch with me, you can uh, visit uh, our camp website, campisbetter.com. That'll show you what Pierce Williams is doing, and, and you can get my contact info. Or you can just check out my own website, yoyojoe.com, Y-O-Y-O-J-O-E.com. And Dan? Um, yeah, so I work at Frost Valley YMCA, so that's frostvalley.org, and you can contact me through there. And then uh, also you can find me at danlovescamp.com as well. Perfect. And Cap? Uh, you can check out where I work at waro.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Gabrielle Rail. Fantastic. So great to have the whole team, the original team, back. We're looking forward to doing many more shows. And um, there'll be a whole bunch that come out this fall, so we've got some big plans. So thank you very much again for watching and for listening. And uh, I want to close by saying thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker bringing your world into focus.